You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Exmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at exmark.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 417, entitled, Full Day of Battery-Powered Mowing. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every weekend, of course, for the questions, the comments, and the feedback that you guys have been sending through. Really do appreciate that. Uh, just a quick reminder for you guys that are thinking about uh, going to Equip Expo. If you haven't already uh, booked your tickets, you can still get in on that uh, early bird pricing and then uh, use my discount code uh, Julio to get uh, 50% off. There's a link in the podcast show notes there uh, that uh, will take you to that discount code and uh, to that registration page so that uh, that code uh, gets applied. Uh, as well as uh, you can go head on over to my website to the resources page. Uh, there's a link there as well. Uh, and uh, just, yeah, take advantage of it if you guys are uh, planning on going or even if you're on the fence at the moment and you're not sure uh, if things are going to work uh, out or, uh, you know, time-wise or for whatever the case may be. Maybe your kids uh, have uh, commitments and things like that. I know uh, for me... Uh, I can relate to that over the past few years. It's always been a balancing act between, you know, personally with uh, uh, with my uh, aging parents and uh, health issues and things like that and wondering, you know, uh, every time uh, there's uh, an opportunity to travel somewhere, just kind of weighing that against whether or not, uh, you know, I should be traveling, you know, depending on their condition and stuff. So there would be lots of times where, you know, I wouldn't uh, book a flight or book, you know, uh, things in advance, just not knowing uh, what was going to happen or how, you know, the scenario would be. And then, of course, you know, there's families and, and kids and sports and things like that, uh, that, uh, you know, a lot of times, you uh, depending on, uh, you know, the sports and things that they're in or activities that they're in, there can be, uh, you know, championships and finals and all sorts of things happening. Uh, so I definitely understand that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity if you're thinking about it, if you're on the fence, you're not sure, uh, well worth even just booking uh, and uh, taking advantage of that uh, discount code, getting your uh, Equip Expo uh, uh, passes. Uh, just in case, uh, because of the cost savings are just so great. I know uh, I've said this on the, the podcast before uh, that I've done that uh, before in the past and, uh, you know, have definitely uh, taken advantage of that uh, and booked uh, with those uh, early bird pricing and getting that 50% discount uh, off of those show passes. It just, uh, you know, obviously makes sense. If you're going to go or thinking about going, why pay full price uh, on top of, you know, the regular price and, uh, you know, not in including uh, early bird pricing and discount codes on top of that and all that sort of stuff, like multiplying the savings, but paying like full price or something at the door was, uh, you know, just doesn't make sense. Uh, so yeah, definitely uh, take advantage of that. 
So it is uh second week of July here, and uh, this is going to be my first uh, week for this season where I definitely have to start skipping uh, lawns. Last week, uh, I did my rounds, uh, weekly rounds. Everybody got a cut last week, uh, and uh, it was pretty much the last uh, week of uh, cutting lawns uh, for everybody, uh, you know, at this time of year. Uh, although we have had very, um, a little bit different weather patterns, uh, you know, it's been very hot uh, certain days, uh, but, you know, it's fluctuated and we've had uh, little bits of rain here and there uh, throughout the past couple of weeks, which uh, was really nice, as I've explained uh, in, uh, you know, the past episodes. Uh, but regardless of that, uh Lawns have kind of dropped off uh, this past week, so I noticed the growth really coming to a halt. And I talk about, you know, uh, when I'm thinking about skipping lawns and stuff, it's always up to my discretion. And because I'm bagging lawns, it's very easy for me to kind of tell and judge, you know, where a lawn's at uh, based on uh, the clippings that I'm collecting. So yeah, about uh, 50%, I would say, of the lawns, uh, the ones uh, that aren't watered uh, or fertilized and stuff like that, uh, will definitely uh, be skipping uh, this week. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, you know just part of uh, the normal uh, expectations uh, for me being in this business every you know for the past 18 years is uh, getting to this time of year and just uh, you know it is what it is. You just gotta you know. Uh, skip those lawns, figure out other forms of income, uh, plan ahead uh, in expectation, uh, you know, basically uh, working uh, as much as you can uh, during those, uh, you know, busy spring heavy growth seasons uh, and, uh, you know, banking as much as you can there. Uh, knowing that, uh, you know, the summer is going to be coming and, you know, a lot of those lawns are going to drop off. So this will be my first uh, week uh, with about, uh, like I said, about half the clients uh, dropping off uh, and going to a every two-week cut uh, for the summer. So uh, hopefully uh, it doesn't get uh, much worse than that and we can maintain uh, that two-week uh cutting schedule uh, like I have in past years with the exception of last year. Uh, Last year was that first real, you know, anomaly where uh, it was just so dry for so long, um, you know, that summer sort of extending almost four months there that, uh, you know, it got to a point where I was having to skip uh, more than just every every other week uh, just because I just didn't want to be the one out there cutting the lawns when there really was nothing to cut. Uh, so, uh, yeah, hopefully this uh, year it just sort of maintains this kind of um, kind of a different uh, weather pattern. It's kind of nice. Like it's uh, getting some hot sunny days, but it hasn't been extremely hot yet. Um which, you know, it's July, so you'd think there'd be some really crazy hot days. And, uh, you know, it's it's been uh, really warm and, you know, you're out there and you're sweating and all that sort of stuff. But it's not like crazy like it has been uh, in past years. Uh, and then like today, it's cloudy this morning uh, and it's actually uh, pretty cool. So uh, it's uh, a nice little nice little mix to get a couple of days of really hot, then a couple of days of, you know, cooler weather, then back to hot and sort of stuff. But uh, they're predicting some uh, the temperature to really jump uh, this next weekend uh, coming up. So we'll see how uh, that plays out. So <clears throat> before we get into this week's uh episode. I'll just play uh, the uh, Xmark sponsor ad and then uh, we'll get right into it right after this. So stay tuned. 
Summer showers. Dust that chokes. Acres that just won't end. Exmark knows the job of a landscape professional isn't an easy one. That's why we've crafted a legendary line of mowers built to overcome any obstacle. So you're ready to close the deal and finish the job. Like you always do. Cut from the same red metal as your Exmark mower, you aren't just good at this. You were built for this. Okay, so as the title of this week's episode implies, I got to have the opportunity to do my first full day of using a battery-powered lawnmower in my lawn care business. Uh, I know in the past uh, I was... uh, talking about uh, trying to experiment with possibly using the uh, echo mower that I had that DLM 2100 and um, actually I still have it Uh, I just have it I took it to my parents house and I leave it there uh, to mow their lawn with it uh, you know wasn't up to the task for commercial mowing uh, for that particular mower Um, it's marketed as a commercial mower, but it's not one uh, that I would uh, even classify as a commercial mower. It definitely uh, feels very uh, residential. Uh, so it uh, wasn't uh, nowhere near heavy duty enough and uh, just didn't have the power and stuff to, to be able to be used uh, for a you know commercial lawn care type business. But uh, fast forward to this uh, past week and through my uh, partnership with uh, Xmark uh, Manufacturing, I had the opportunity to be able to do some uh, long-term testing uh, with their uh, Xmark Commercial 21-inch mower. Uh, So obviously I jumped uh, at that uh, opportunity and uh, got it in my hands. I went to uh, my dealer to go pick it up and uh, have a you know a quick uh, my first you know full look at it uh, up close. And I was immediately uh, impressed with the overall mower itself. Uh, it is absolutely identical to the Xmark Commercial Twenty One S series uh, that I have. Uh, this new. Uh, Commercial 21 is being dubbed uh, the V-Series, uh, I guess for voltage or volts. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's absolutely identical, except for, of course, uh, all of the uh, power plant-related uh, parts. So uh, the uh, S-Series, of course, is powered by the uh, Kawasaki FJ180, whereas this V-Series uh, motor is powered by a 60-volt uh, lithium-ion uh, battery system. Uh, and it's got, uh, you know, besides that, the rest of the mower is pretty much identical. It shares uh, the exact same uh, cast aluminum deck uh, as the uh, gas-powered version. In fact, uh, if you look at the front of the mower, kind of around, uh, you know, that sort of donut shape uh uh, of the deck there, uh, there's actually still that dimple in the front where uh, the carburetor float uh, bowl would be sitting and they kind of had the deck kind of dimpled there uh, so that, uh, you know, it kind of uh, takes up that space. Uh, 
this being, uh, you know, a battery powered mower, of course, it doesn't have a carburetor, doesn't have a float bowl, uh, and, uh, you know, obviously no gas or anything like that to worry about, but it still has that dimple there. So it's the exact same deck as, uh, the commercial, um, you know, S series. Uh, it also has the same handle, uh, as the, uh, and the same bale. Uh, the only difference uh, with the handle is it doesn't have the little release lock on the right hand side that the gas versions have for the blade uh, brake clutch. Um, it just has a uh, regular um, like pull down uh, bale on it. Um, and it. Uh, also has like a safety startup button. So there's a little uh, box on the left-hand side that has like a safety button. And it's kind of like a, it doubles as a, like a safety key, I guess, because you can pull it out and it would make the mower uh, inoperable uh, for like safety issues. Because of course, you know, if you have this sitting in a garage or something like that and a young child or something came across uh, and press the button, then, uh, you know, it could start. Uh, so it, uh, the whole like start button literally pops out uh, and you can, uh, you know, put that aside if you like. Uh, and it's got two different modes. So it doesn't have that little, uh, like I said, that little release on it to, to engage the blades because uh, these, you know, starting up the mower to get the blades to spin is a two... Uh, step process essentially uh, whereas with the gas one you know you would start the motor first you know you'd have it running and then you'd press that little release and then pull the bale down to get the blades to spin on the uh, battery powered version uh, to get the unit started and this kind of threw me for a loop at the beginning I thought it wasn't actually working uh, I was pressing the start button and then pulling the lever uh, to get the blades to start uh, and it's actually the reverse uh, on uh, the v-series so you actually have to pull the bale down first and hold it and then um, you just press the button uh, and you don't have to press and hold the button or anything you can just quickly just tap the button to start and uh, it will uh, start up uh, so that was a bit of a learning curve right there in the beginning it's got two different mowing modes, almost like, you know, I've talked about like the Milwaukee equipment and stuff that I've uh, had the handheld equipment and things uh, where they have like sort of a, a, a rabbit and a hare mode or rabbit and, and uh, sorry, rabbit and turtle mode and a hare, rabbit and hare mode. That's like two of the same thing. Uh, rabbit and turtle mode uh, with the rabbit being sort of like the full power and then turtle being uh, slower power, but better for, uh, you know, conserving your battery and getting sort of the longest run time. So on the X markets, on that little key that's on the side there that you press to start. So it's like a switch that you can switch to two different positions. And then the start button is in the middle of it. Uh, so in uh, the one mode, it's in an auto mode, and then there's like a max mode. Uh, so the max, of course, is full power, uh, dumping all of the energy, um, all the torque, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but you're going to get a little bit uh, shorter run time with that. Uh, and then in the auto mode, uh, what's interesting about that is that it's uh, exactly what it says. It's automatic. It's adaptive uh, to your mowing. So uh, it's interesting. It... Um, when you first start it up in that, it'll start off in a lower RPM. Uh, 
And as you start mowing, it just depends on the conditions. So if, you know, you're just taking a little off the top, basically, and you're on like a flat lawn, it may stay in that lower RPM mode. Uh, but it, you know, whenever it senses, uh, I guess whether the, um, mower itself is maybe, you know, encountering maybe a bit of difficulty or in sort of a thicker type lawn or something like that and needs to, uh, you know, needs more power, basically, it automatically ramps up the RPM and will go to that, you know, max uh, sort of uh, position on its own. Um, so the nice thing about that is that um, it's almost, it reminds me of vehicles that you see that are they have that sort of like auto run stop thing like when cars these new vehicles you see that will run up you know go to a a like a red light or something and they shut off automatically and then when the light turns green and they hit uh, the gas pedal the engine automatically starts and away they go and it's like very little lag or anything like that that's what it kind of reminds me of uh because as it's mowing, if it's, you know, obviously in the thicker stuff and, and things like that, or it senses the uh, transmission is putting a load on the engine, like if you're going up a slope or something like that, uh, it automatically, uh, you know, makes that RPM uh, go up higher uh, to give you that extra power. Uh, but as you finish a run, uh, for example, if I'm, uh, you know, mowing a run and then I'm, you know, going to the end of, uh, say, a stripe and I'm going to go to turn and I let go of the self-propel, it now senses, obviously, it's got less of a load on the motor and the RPM ramp down. So that's where I say it kind of reminds me of sort of these new gas vehicles where uh, they have that sort of auto run stop feature uh, with the motors. It's kind of like that, except it's just lowering the RPM. Uh, which I guess over the course of the day, that's where it's saving you some extra energy and stuff. Because, you know, if you're just making a turn and you got, you know, you get to the end of your run and you're pivoting the wheels up in the air, it's not cutting anything. Uh, you're just, you know, pivoting and turning uh, to do your next stripe. You know, the RPM drops there. Uh, and then, you know, once you start going again, then it ramps up the RPM and, and, you know, away you go with the cutting. So I guess throughout the day, all of those little areas where it's dropping RPM uh, just adds to, you know, saving battery, not uh, uh, inefficiently uh, wasting battery. So that was a bit of a interesting uh, change. Uh, obviously, I'm not used to that. Not used to having variable RPMs happening. You know, when I'm mowing, it's, you know, if the engine's on full, the engine's on full, right? Uh, after uh, the initial warm up period of a gas engine, usually you put the throttle, uh, you know, on the full uh, and, uh, you know, away you go. Uh, and then the, the, you know, RPM is always uh, sort of uh, at its highest point uh, during your whole time mowing. So that was uh, sort of the first initial uh, kind of, um, you know, difference that I saw with it. Um, besides the, uh, the the bale and the handle, the other thing that's exactly the same that carries over is the whole wheel height adjustment system. Um from the commercial 21 S series. So it has the same removable front wheels from the front uh, with all the different holes that you actually pull a wheel out, put it into a different hole uh, with a quick release on it. And then it has that same 
uh, rear wheel height adjustment system where you can just pull the lever. So it's a single point height adjustment on the rear. Uh, you just pull the lever and uh, you can raise or lower the mower and then lock it into uh, whatever the height is that you need. Uh, the other uh, thing that uh, it shares with uh, its gas counterpart is it uses the exact same transmission as the commercial 21 S series. So, you know, besides the motor being different uh, and a couple of little, you know, related parts like, uh, you know, on the gas version, having a blade brake clutch uh, release uh, on the handle and then on the V series or battery powered uh, version, having a, you know, start uh, button and a, uh, you know, a selector switch for whether you want it to be on the auto RPM mode or on the max, uh, you know, power max RPM mode. Uh, those are the only two sort of visible things. The bag that it comes with is the exact same bag from the gas version. The mulch plug is the exact same uh, mulch plug uh, from the gas version. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's almost, uh, you know, completely identical, like, uh, like 90%, uh, you know, identical, uh, and interchangeable with the uh, gas version. It's just literally the whole, you know, engine power plant part, uh, that is different. So very, very interesting. It also comes with, uh, two, uh, 7.5 amp hour, uh, batteries, uh, I can't remember the watt hours. I think they're like 450 watt hours each. Um, and it comes with a rapid uh, charger system. I believe the charger can charge the batteries from like 0 to 80% uh, in about 75 minutes uh, is what they advertise. Uh, I haven't timed it uh, the first week because it's either... Um, at the end of the day, uh, when I'm, you know, done for the day and I just, you know, kind of put the battery on there and then, uh, go inside and I don't look at it again until the next morning. Uh, or it's, uh, in the middle of the day and I'll talk a little bit about that. So, uh, X mark from their literature and their specifications, they have, uh, the charge time listed as, being able to mow 0.4 of an acre uh, per charge. Uh, so, and I think it said, uh, or approximately 40 minutes uh, per charge. So I'm uh, um, assuming, uh, because there isn't like exact uh, details on their website and stuff. It's, uh, you know, just kind of a list of features and stuff. So all of the different features when you're looking at the mowers and stuff is pretty vague or pretty just like, uh, it doesn't go into like a big paragraph of details. It's just, you know, one or two quick lines. Uh, so I'm assuming that's per battery, uh, which would make sense to me based on uh, how I have been uh, mowing with it this past week. So uh, approximately, you know, 0.4 of an acre. So just under uh, half an acre um, and approximately 40 minutes uh, per mow. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure exactly because there are the different 
um, different modes. There's the auto mode, the max mode, and all that sort of stuff. So I would assume that that would be on auto mode. Uh, I would assume that that would be in pretty favorable conditions. Um, you know, uh, not, uh, you know, hell month type uh, mowing uh, with the crazy wet, long, lush lawns. I would say that's probably a, you know, a regular weekly style cut on a uh, nice flat lawn, you know, just very optimal uh, type conditions. So for me, uh, in my first sort of first initial impressions, besides the kind of, um, you know, looking at it uh, and, um, just a quick note on that. I will have a video out, uh, this week on, uh, you know, sort of the initial look when I first brought that mower home. Uh, I pulled out my, uh, commercial 21 S series, uh, with a Kawasaki, uh, just out of my own curiosity to put them side by side and kind of go over them in finer detail uh, with them beside each other to uh, examine them. Uh, so I ended up filming all of that and uh, kind of sharing my thoughts on it uh, as I'm comparing the two uh, mowers side by side. So I'll have a video on that uh, and sort of initial look at it, uh, initial first impressions of the mower and kind of a side by side comparison uh, between the uh, commercial 21 S series versus a commercial, uh, 21, you know, V series battery powered, uh, mower. Uh, so, uh, initially, uh, when I went out, uh, I took it with me. Um, and, uh, the first day I took it out, literally, uh, I decided to do it on a Wednesday, uh, with, you think I've talked about Wednesdays being my uh, day where I do all like push mow style jobs. Now, up to this point, over the past three years, you guys know that I love my Xmark Commercial 30 uh, and that it saves me a whole bunch of time. Uh, obviously, uh, with that much larger deck than a 21, but for, you know, uh, what was it? Probably you know, 16 years or so, uh, previous to that 15 years, 16 years, something like that. Uh, I had used a 21 inch mower, uh, for that. And those small sort of dense city type properties make up the majority, uh, of the, you know, properties that I have to maintain in my lawn care business and, uh, my neighborhood and stuff. So for many, many years, uh, those small push mowers, um, you know, 21 inch, and then, you know, in more recent years, the 30 inch, that has been my bread and butter. That has been what I mow most of my properties with. And if it weren't for, um, you know, the few properties that I do with the larger mowers, um, you know, I could probably leave large mowers behind uh, and just, you know, focus and and for that matter uh, leave the trailer behind and just use you know a pickup truck type setup with maybe some uh, mow and go ramps and stuff like that and and go uh, that route although you could fit with mow and go ramps you could fit um, you know a larger mower uh, in the back of your vehicle as well uh, you know if your truck bed is long enough and stuff depending on what your setup is uh, but I could definitely do you know a 21 inch mower type setup or a 30 inch mower setup if that's all uh, I was uh, you know having to deal with uh, those types of properties so um, the 21 I took it out there 
on a Wednesday. So I have all Pushmo style properties. And, you know, this was my first time using a commercial, uh, you know, battery powered mower. So I was a bit apprehensive as much as I love using, you know, handheld battery equipment. I would say that my experience initially was almost exactly the same. Now, when I initially got, uh, you know, my first introduction into battery powered equipment as a whole with handheld equipment, it was back, uh, years ago with the Milwaukee stuff, my first introduction. And, you know, I liked it, uh, you know, right off the bat initially, I liked the idea of battery powered equipment who, you know, wouldn't want to not have to pay and buy gas and stuff like that. Right. It's just one more thing. So I like that idea of it, but initially at the time, it was one of those things where gas those years ago, so we're talking, you know, four or five years ago, it wasn't at the point where it is now, where it just seems over the top in price, like especially in the last couple of years with, um, you know, all the sort of global instability and stuff like that, uh, with the costs and pandemics and things like that, just all the stuff going on, the uh, Ukraine war and all that sort of stuff where just things are just craziness. Um, that as much as I liked the battery equipment, it wasn't a big enough of a deal to me to have to worry about the batteries at the time. Uh, and what I mean was that for the most part, I could fill my fuel tank on, say, you know, um, an echo trimmer, uh, which was what I was previously using, an echo gas power trimmer. I could fill that and maybe towards the end of the day, because I'm doing all small city type properties, towards the end of the day, you know, I might have to fill it again. Uh, you know, on a typical like Wednesday cut where I'm doing tons of like little uh, tiny lawns. And, you know, or, you know, and I wouldn't go through the second tank in that day. It was just like I would just be running out towards the end of the day and have to, you know, fill it up again uh, to get through the next house or two houses or whatever the case may be. And so it wasn't to me, it wasn't a huge necessity to go to battery powered equipment at the time. It was more just my curiosity about battery powered equipment. And, you know, I do like parts about battery powered equipment, but, you know, there was some still some little, um, some little wrinkles, I would say, with just the whole, you know, getting used to it and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, to be able to get um, the most power out of it or the most sort of runtime out of it, I'd have to use it on sort of a lower power uh, because I didn't have the batteries required to be able to get through the day. So I'd always have it on like the turtle mode and things like that. And um, initially that's where I think the hesitation came from was when I first used like the Milwaukee handheld equipment was that it was like, well, you're just so used to gas. You're so used to having all the power that you need. Now, what's interesting as I, you know, as you know, the years went by, uh, and I used battery power from time to time, um, 
mostly with hedge trimming and stuff like that. I completely abandoned gas hedge trimmers and stuff like that. But it was still just like sort of that string trimming, the daily basis type of stuff that I had, uh, you know, hung on to gas um, just because it wasn't a huge cost savings uh, for me because I wasn't using tons of gas uh, in my trimmers and stuff. It was only when the pandemic started getting really crazy that I was just like kind of fed up uh, with uh, the fluctuations in gas, uh, just wildly, you know, the, the prices changing so wildly and, you know, going out there and quoting a client. And then, you know, within a month or two, you know, my costs for doing business were completely different because of the cost of fuel was like fluctuating so high that, you know, and I've talked about how, you know, in North America, uh, we've got to here on the West Coast Canada with a taxation system and all the stuff we have, it can be some, you know, sometimes the most expensive gas in all of North America. So it was just one of those things. And then we had a an issue in the fall where we had some flooding, uh, some heavy rains and things like that. And it literally wiped out highways. And then we had like a gas shortage and we, they actually had to ration gas. So I started to think about things like that going, okay, well, it would be nice, you know, to not have to depend on gas and not have to, you know, go to the gas station and fill these jerry cans and all that stuff all the time. So with, you know, the fluctuating prices getting so crazy over the pandemic and stuff, I made the decision last year to switch to and commit to using uh, the battery stuff, the Milwaukee stuff uh, for the daily trimming, not just the hedge trimming. Uh, the hedge trimming I was already sold on. I was already like, you know, hedge trimming is awesome uh, with a battery tool. I'll never go back to gas for that. But for your string trimming and all that sort of stuff, it was just, you know, the convenience of gas uh, for me was there. It was just the whole fluctuation in pricing that was throwing me off. It was like, I, you know, how can I... Um, how can I quote a client a price and then have my costs to do the job fluctuate so crazily? Uh, it just doesn't make any sense, right? It could be weeks where with the driving and stuff like that, you're not making, you know, the money you think you're making because the fuel is costing so much. So then I decided to, you know, make that commitment and go to battery power hundred percent with the trimming and stuff. And within reason, because again, uh, what I was working with was the Milwaukee and uh, it has the big sticker on it saying, you know, with the rain cloud, uh, you know, uh, no bueno, right? And don't go in the rain with this. Uh, not rated for, uh, you know, wet weather use. So that was the only bummer for me because as I started to use battery equipment on a daily basis for string trimming, uh, it, it just became, I became so used to it. And, you know, when you kind of, kind of, what's a good analogy to this? When you take gas and you kind of quit cold turkey, I would say, and go straight to like battery and, and force yourself to use battery, you get used to it. You get used to any of the little sort of things that, initially in your head you might be thinking are negative or feeling are negative and it slowly becomes the way of life doing it um so you start to see that yes you know maybe on turtle mode um 
you know, on like, say, a Milwaukee trimmer, I'm not getting, you know, the full power that I would with a gas trimmer. But what I realized was it also wasn't struggling. It wasn't, there wasn't a time where I was going, oh, it doesn't have enough power to do this, you know, weekly mowing on turtle mode, um, this weekly trimming, or even uh, because I do 99% of my edging um, with a string trimmer as well. I do, I'll use the uh, the blade edger for the initial or for a first time to, you know, establish a new edge, but then I'll maintain them on a weekly basis with the string. And never once was it like lacking in power in turtle mode. Uh, and once I got used to it, the only time I ever kind of felt um, the difference was when it would rain and I would have to go back to using gas. And, uh, you know, that's when I would notice all of the extra power that gas would have because it would literally be like using the battery powered trimmer on rabbit mode the whole day. Um where, you know, I kind of learned and adapted that, hey, it doesn't need to be on rabbit mode the whole day. And I can get a lot, you know, longer battery life if it's on turtle mode. And it's more than enough power to do the weekly uh, trimming and stuff. The only time I'd maybe use battery mode is if I was doing one of those, like, you know, super tall overgrown lawns that hadn't been cut in months. Uh, like you'll see like a lot of, you know, oddly satisfying videos and stuff on YouTube of stuff like that. That's when I would be using, you know, turtle mode or sorry, uh, rabbit mode on, uh, you know, a, tr a trimmer. Most times the battery sort of saving mode is more than enough. I, in fact, I've never had an issue with it. Um, so I quickly started to see the benefits because what I, other, the other thing I think I've talked about here in the past is ever since going to battery for the majority of the string trimming and stuff. And then I started experimenting with the Milwaukee handheld blower as well last year and doing sort of a long-term review of that. I just fell in love with the battery stuff. And, you know, the blower is probably the biggest thing where it's like, you're going to see the biggest difference in power where uh, battery, I would say, has the biggest disadvantage uh, with blowers. Uh, because if you've ever seen, you know, most of the battery blowers that you see on the market, the fan is pretty small. Uh, just the orientation of the fan is different than a handheld gas uh, blower. And, you know, again, um, because I'm talking about handheld blowers is what I use on a daily basis, whether it was gas or um you know, battery. Uh, of course, you know, a handheld blower is not going to compete with a backpack blower. But even with, the, you know, gas side by side, it was always like, well, the gas one, you can see, um, you know, the fan on the gas one is a lot bigger because it's in a different orientation than uh, what you see on battery ones, uh, predominantly. So it was one of those things, but the convenience of it, of being able to, especially as I got into summer, the biggest thing that would happen to me with the gas stuff was not only in the morning did it take, you know, longer to warm up and all that sort of stuff, but as we got into the hotter weather, I would experience vapor lock all the time. And I don't know if it's because of my trailer being like an all steel trailer and it's got that tool area and, you know, I'd put it in there and my trailer is black uh, inside and outside that it would just get so hot in there that the, um, you know, you'd get vapor lock happening. 
and I'd be, you know, trimming fine or blowing fine um, on one house with, uh, you know, the gas stuff. And then I'd go, you know, to the next house and then I couldn't start the stuff. Um, it would just take, you know, pull after pull after pull, just trying to get uh, the gas equipment started. So when I'd switched over to using some of the Milwaukee battery stuff, it was just like, well, that like completely goes away. I just pull the trigger and go. There's no starting it. There's no pulling cords. There's no warm up period. Uh, there's nothing, you know, cold weather issues. You just go. The only issue that I had was rain. I couldn't use it in the rain. But because of, you know, the majority of the year, it wasn't raining. The majority of the days where I'm working, it wasn't raining. It wasn't an issue or, you know, it would rain even on days where it would rain just a little bit. I would still try to take the battery. I was like, so hooked on battery stuff that it was just like so much more enjoyable to use. The other sort of thing that I developed because of using battery stuff so often last year was I started to get more of a, I don't know what the word would be, just more of a dislike for especially two-stroke equipment. Uh, the fumes and the smell from what I had been using for 15, you know, 16, 17 years at that point, because of going through like a solid season of using mostly battery, when I would switch where previously, you know, you might not notice the smell of two stroke. My wife would notice it. Of course, she'd notice it on my clothes and stuff when she would do laundry and things like that. Um, but me working all day, I wouldn't notice it until I started using battery stuff. And then when it was those rainy days, um, you know, those odd rainy days where it's like raining heavily through the day and I have to work and have to use gas stuff, that's when I'd smell it. And I started to get really nauseous uh, from the smell of two-stroke equipment, um, like like wanting to throw up sort of uh thing right just it just got to me it just became so gross uh the smell of the fumes and stuff like that that i just you know even on rainy days i just wanted to use the battery stuff um i just liked it so much and you know i kept hearing all these myths about you know batteries and how many batteries you need you're gonna have to have like you know all these batteries. it was just all this stuff and, and they were exactly that they were myths uh a lot of this equipment battery technology has come so far that, um, you know, it's, it's absolutely amazing to me. I talked, you know, uh, I think I talked, um, previously as well about the, uh, the Greenworks, uh, pro, uh, handheld blower that I've been, uh, using this year as well and doing some initial tests and stuff. I did a video on those last week, uh, after the first three months of using a Greenworks string trimmer and Greenworks, uh, handheld blower. And, uh, for those, you know, really small properties and stuff, because the battery's so big on it, um, I've been able to get through almost the entire day um, with the one two amp hour battery that it comes with. Again, this is a massive battery compared to like the Milwaukee batteries. Uh, so that might have something to do with it, just bigger cells and stuff on the inside. But uh, yeah, they've been, you know, battery technology has just come so far. So with the um, mower, the Commercial 21 uh, V-Series, I hadn't had any experience other than the Echo, 
uh, and the Echo DLM2100 was, you know, uh, honestly a disappointment to me uh, in performance, in uh, build quality, and all sorts of stuff. So I wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't sure what to expect with the the Commercial 21 V-Series. So it kind of reminded me of the first day I went out with uh, the commercial 30 gas mower in that I didn't know when I first used that mower, if I'd be able to fit it on all of my client properties. So for the first week I did all my rounds and took the, uh, commercial 21 S series with me because I wasn't sure if I'd be able to fit that larger mower in all the properties. So this was kind of the same, kind of reminded me of that, but it was different. I knew, of course, that I'd be able to fit a 21-inch mower on all of the properties that I have been previously mowing with a 30-inch mower. I just wasn't sure if I'd be able to get through the entire day mowing um, with a battery mower versus, uh, you know, having gas. So I took a gas mower with me. And... You know, because I would say it would completely, with that more, completely depend on your route and, you know, with mine, with the root density and the size properties, two batteries that come with the Commercial 21 wouldn't be enough for me. Um, but there was a little bit of kind of, uh, finagling I could do, I guess you could say, where because my route is so tight and all of the properties around my home, what I did find was that when I put the first battery in, I could get uh, done almost exactly four lawns with it. Uh, and I say almost exactly because it's kind of interesting where the battery, I guess like certain electronics, certain motors probably have sort of an initial surge to get started and requires, you know, a lot more power to actually start the unit than the amount of power required to maintain it being turned on. Um, Much like um, an air conditioner on an RV. Uh, I know uh, in my previous uh, years, uh, you know, with RVs and experience with them uh, and trying to run uh, an RV air conditioner off of a a small portable generator, like a 2000 watt generator, that in a lot of cases, uh, you know, although the rating of that particular gas powered generator may be enough to run at an RV air conditioner. It's not enough to start the air conditioner. And so what I would do on a couple of RVs I had was I would go up to the top, to the roof, take the cover off the air conditioner and install something called, um, like a quick start capacitor or a cold start capacitor. Uh, basically, uh, it's just a large capacitor that gets, um, wired in line um, with the uh, capacitor that's already up there. And basically what it does is when uh, the unit is plugged in and uh, running, it stores an electrical charge in that capacitor on the RV air conditioner. And then what happens is the next time you go to turn it on, it basically dumps all of that energy uh, onto uh, the other capacitor that's already there to start. So basically it's like two surges of electricity to get the air conditioner started. 
And once it starts up, then the generator that's providing that initial energy uh, will then have enough energy to keep it running and maintained. Um, and without that capacitor, you know, the generator would just conk out and, you know, uh, uh, it would basically like trip uh, the um, breakers and stuff on the generator because it just wouldn't have enough energy. But having a cold start capacitor in addition to, you know, a small generator, you could get it going and then it would run fine because once it started, it's a lot less energy consuming than the initial start. So with the battery mower, it's kind of the same because, and how, why I say this, because I would get to, you know, that last house, the fourth house on that first battery and I'd be mowing and I'd finish the lawn and, you know, it didn't like die on me or anything like that. I'd finish the lawn. I'd go to, you know, dump the bag, go to, you know, um, uh, put the bag on and then I'd go to start the mower again and it would just go like beep, 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 telling me that uh, the battery's dead. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, obviously, it didn't die on me mowing, so it still had enough energy to maintain the motor as it was mowing, but it didn't have enough energy to restart the mower after I stopped it uh, to get it going again uh, when it's uh, sort of in that sort of, uh, you know, dwindling capacity of the battery. So it was very interesting that I got to four houses, done with it. Uh, so what I did on that first day, not knowing uh, how many houses I would need or battery capacity I would need, um, because again, my route is so dense and all that sort of stuff. I stopped off at home like I normally would. And it was almost exactly like the same house that I would uh, normally go home uh, and, you know, use the washroom, grab some water. And I threw that first battery uh, on the charger at home. And then I just went back out mowing put the second battery in and again, was able to get about four houses uh, mowed with that second uh, battery. Now, what was interesting was the very first set of houses that I did, the first four houses had more hilly properties, um, a lot more slopes and stuff. So, you know, I was using the self-propel, um, not that I wasn't using... I wasn't using the self-repel less during the second half, the second four houses on the second battery, but I would, you know, assume that the first four houses, the self-repel uh, was working harder, whether that makes a difference or not, because it's the exact same commercial transmission that the, you know, commercial uh, gas powered version is using. So it's just a, it's a belt driven system. So there's a belt on the transmission being driven by uh, the shaft on um, you know, the electric motor. So I guess once it's spinning, the, you know, the power is the same. Um, and, uh, yeah, cause it made no real difference that I saw. I, I was expecting maybe that the second, um, set of houses that I did on the second battery, basically, uh, that maybe I'd be able to get, um, uh, more of them done. And I think I got four and a half done. So I got about four, yeah, four and a half lawns um, done. And what, what I did was after the third house uh, or what would have been the seventh house in total for that day, um, I stopped back off at home, grabbed uh, that first battery that was already uh, charged up, ready to go and had it with me. And then uh, when I went to go do that uh, eighth house, um, 
I got that one done and then I was able to start the next one and I got half the lawn done before that battery died. So that was the four and a half on that second battery. So then I popped in that first battery that I had again that was already charged and uh, went and got um, the next uh, bunch of houses done. And I almost made it uh, to the end of the day there, uh, but came short. Uh, now, on that route, the last two properties that I have, um, I've, I've talked about these properties as well. They're uh, clients I picked up last year and then their neighbor uh, hired me this year, their neighbor right across the street. So the truck stops and then I do both houses. Um, there are lawns that I do, I put them on that route because I had more space on that particular day. But they're really lawns that should be done with a much bigger mower. Uh, never mind the 21, but you know, on normally when I'm using the 30, there's still lawns that should be done with a bigger mower, uh, like the Navigator or the Turf Tracer or something like that. They're big properties. They're wide open uh, in terms of having you know space and stuff uh, to be able to fit uh, bigger uh, machines on them. At least uh, with one of them uh, for the front and backyard, and then the other one across the street for the front yard. Um, their access to the backyard. Um, I wouldn't be able to fit a bigger mower in, um, but their backyard is small uh, versus uh, the other one. So they have most, most of their property on the front. So it wouldn't be a big deal to just grab, you know, whatever push mower I have to do the backyard for that particular one. So, yeah, it's interesting to note um, with that, uh, that those two properties were a lot bigger, um, you know, two of my bigger properties. And uh, I was out there with the 21 inch uh, to do it just because, hey, it was battery and I want to use the battery uh, that day, even though it was very inefficient to be using, uh, you know, 21 inch more on those properties. And uh, I made it through um, the one of the house, actually the bigger of the two. And then when it was time to go start uh, mowing um, the second one, actually, I just came short. Uh, is what it was. It came just short, literally did the entire front lawn, did the 99% of the back lawn. There was just a little spot left and the battery died. And I didn't have obviously another battery with me. So it was like, okay, uh, I have to go. Uh, luckily I did bring the gas mower with me that day. And then I went out and I uh, grabbed the gas mower to finish off that little section and then to mow uh, the neighbor's house across the uh, the street there. So that was with using uh, just two batteries throughout the whole day and uh, charging one of those batteries once uh, in the middle of the day. So that would have been the equivalent of three batteries, of having three uh, batteries. So I figure for that day to be comfortable um, having three physical batteries uh, would be good uh, because that day is probably the the busiest day for push mowing that I have. So any other day that I have uh, for push mowing and stuff is always is a mix between push mowing and uh, bigger properties and stuff like that, that I'm either using the navigator or the turf tracer on. So those days wouldn't be a property or problem with three batteries. Um, you know, I wouldn't even have to uh, do a, you know, stop at home and drop off a battery to charge or whatever. I could just charge them at the end of the day. Um, but for that day, three batteries, you know, I could probably get to, I don't think I will do those last two properties uh, again, because it's inefficient, even with the 30, I've been thinking about, uh, you know, um, 
loading up uh, the, one of the larger machines and having it with me that day just to do those two last properties. But again, it's one of those things. Um, I'd have to weigh the sort of, um, you know, the time it takes to load and strap down a large machine, then unload it, uh, do the mowing, then load it back up, strap it back down, then get home and then have to unload it and put it away and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so that adds a lot of extra time uh, with that mower. Whether, you know, it would equal the savings for just two properties or whether it's just easier just to use, you know, whatever push mower I have that day to do those two properties. Uh, it's one of those things. But, you know, with three batteries, three physical batteries, if I did sort of that same system where I did the first four battery, first four houses, dropped off the battery at home, then continued on because at that point I'd still have two physical batteries with me. Um, and then I could get through, you know, most of the day um, until those last two properties were left and they're in a different neighborhood. So I'd be able to then, you know, get all the houses done up to that point, stop back at my house, which is on the way, uh, going in that other direction, grab that first battery because it would have been more than charged by then. Um, and then... I'd have, you know, that extra battery there to be able to, because I know that it got through with just the two batteries and charging once it got through my whole route. Uh, and then, you know, 99% of the second to last house. And then I would have had one house left. Well, if I got to that point and still had a full battery, then no doubt I'd be able to finish uh, the entire route um, with basically four batteries batteries worth of energy, but with three physical batteries, uh, that day. Um, so yeah, that is the, the plan there. Um, uh, the battery, like I said, I didn't know what to expect, um, because of my, uh, sort of initial low expectations, just based on the experience that I have, uh, with the echo mower, uh, this far exceeded that uh, with the Echo Mower. Like I said, it's very underpowered feeling. Uh, always feels like it's struggling. And, um, you know, there's times where you would mow and it would be like one property and, you know, half the battery is done uh, sort of thing by the end of the property or three quarters of the battery is done. Um, so to be able to mow four houses uh, with a lot more lawn than, you know, what I'm typically doing at my parents' house with that Echo Mower uh, was very surprising. And for my route, it actually works out great to be doing them in these blocks of four, uh, because that's generally, it was almost like it was made for that route. Because like I said, uh, you know, when I went to go, uh, drop off that battery on the charger after the fourth house, well, that's where I would normally be stopping off at home anyways, uh, to use the washroom and taking that, you know, a quick break for some water and stuff like that. Uh, so to be able to do them in blocks of four was actually, uh, really, really nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, it worked out well. And it's interesting how, um, with a battery throughout, uh, you know, the rest of that week, multiple times where it had that same sort of thing where, you know, I'd get to the end of like the fourth property and it would mow the, you know, the entire property fine. And then I'd turn off the mower to go empty the bag and then I'd go to start the mower to either like load it into the trailer or whatever the case may be. 
and you know it would beep at me that the battery is dead so that's interesting too uh, like i say that that uh, um you know nice that it doesn't hasn't died on me sort of midway through a lawn that's always like it has enough energy to maintain it um i think i can feel a little bit of a slowdown uh when the battery gets to that like almost dead uh sort of state uh, where you can just kind of hear the rpm kind of drop but it continues to mow which is nice um where it just doesn't leave you stranded because sometimes it's like well you know you're just trying to finish off you know this last bit of lawn and um you know, like I did with that big house, right? And then it dies on you and then, okay, now you got to take out the battery, you got to walk to the truck, you got to swap it. Uh, but on these small properties, it's nice because it's like, you know, you can hear, you know, um, a slight little um, lowering of RPM uh, as the battery's, you know, about to die. And, uh, but it just continues to mow as long as you don't turn it off because then it won't start again. Um, but um, yeah, it's been really good. Now, in terms of the cut quality, uh, I think it's been fantastic. Um, I haven't had an issue with even on the auto mode. I haven't attempted to try to mow other than just some, you know, quick little tests of mowing, uh, with it on max mode, um, at like full RPM, um, right from the beginning. I haven't attempted that, uh, just because, you know, I'm always trying to get the most out of the battery efficiency, right? Get the most, uh, like I'm using the, uh, Milwaukee trimmers. I'm always on the turtle mode. Uh, so it's the same thing on the auto mode because once it starts cutting lawn, it ramps up anyways. It's just on those sort of decelerations or when you're like, uh, doing a turn or something is that when the RPM kind of drops. So, um, I would assume the cut quality would be the same between max mode and auto mode when you're actually cutting grass, because that's when it's going to be under load and it's going to be at maximum RPM in the auto mode anyways. Uh, but I found it very interesting that um, people walking by um, noticed the mower and customers noticed the mower, of course. I had a couple customers. I don't know if it was just because it was shiny and brand new looking uh, that some customers asked me, but I had specifically uh, a couple just walking the neighborhood uh, while I was mowing one of my customers' lawns and they stopped to ask me about the mower because I guess it was odd to see a uh, commercial landscaper using a battery-powered mower. Uh, and they asked me all about it and, um, you know, were kind of uh, telling me about, you know, they owned a battery mower. They had a, res- you know, a residential, I think it was a Ryobi or something that they bought for their own home. So he's just really curious about asking me about, um, you know, the how I was liking it and I was time that's like it's a full grade uh, you know full commercial grade uh, mower uh he asked me how many uh you know how long the battery lasted and so I gave him the example I was obviously standing you know in on the front lawn of a house in the neighborhood that he's walking in so I said well uh, typically I've been able to do four uh properties like this size and he was really surprised by that so I'm I'm guessing that, you know, based on his experience with using uh, the Ryobi that he owns, uh, mowing his own property, that, um, you know, that was very impressive to him that uh, uh, I could get through four houses on a single battery uh, with the X mark. Uh, so I was like, oh, you know, that kind of was something that I noted his reaction uh, to that. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, pretty positive and kind of like it had me thinking about, uh, you know, my... Um, experience uh with the echo one uh where i think you know for a residential home that dlm 2100 if you're like a homeowner or something like that 
you'll probably be fine with it. Um, you know, I've been able to use it at my parents' property uh, with a single five amp hour battery, um, and I get through maybe three quarters of the battery on that. Uh, just doing a really just standard uh, Vancouver uh, city lot. It's not not big lots, um, and um, you know, mowing front and back lawn with it. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, comparing it to that sort of experience. Now, obviously, the XMark battery is a little bit bigger, uh, similar in voltage. I think the uh, Echo is a 56 volt. This one is a 60 volt. Uh, this one's a 7.5 amp hour versus the 5 amp hour of the Echo. Uh, but to get four houses done with it, something is, something's happening there, right? There's a little bit of magic or something happening. Uh, and it just, uh, yeah, it just, seems to work really well. So I've been uh, initially very impressed with it. Um, you know, um, despite having to, you know, kind of be rescued by the gas mower that first day at the end of the day, but I kind of, you know, figured, uh, that I wasn't sure I only had two batteries and had those two big properties at the end of the day to do, uh, you know, properties that again, really shouldn't be doing with the 21, but it's just one of those things that, um, you know, I always kind of weigh whether it's efficient or not to unload or load, uh, you know, a larger machine because I do not keep equipment on the trailer uh, overnight. I just take what I need for that day. So to have to load a big machine and strap it down and all that sort of stuff and then unload just for one property or two properties uh, when I already have the the other, you know, a 21 or the 30 uh, and just use those and, you know, kind of yeah, it's inefficient for that one property or whatever, but it kind of balances out not having to load and unload and load and unload and strap down and all that sort of stuff. Because in my trailer, when I'm hauling the smaller mowers, I don't have to use straps or anything. It's such a tight, confined space uh, that everything just stays put uh, when I roll it in there and close it and it's all sealed off. So it's not, nothing's like flying out or anything like that. So yeah, there's a little bit of that uh, kind of weighing it, but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised uh, the first day. Now, again, this is summertime for me. Um, hell month is over, so it's not like crazy growth. But I was, in terms of bagging, um, you know, on some of the lawns that were still growing good because they are watered and stuff like that. Um, it wasn't the crazy spring growth, but it was enough uh, that I was getting full bags full of grass, and it packs the clippings in tight, just like every uh, other other Xmark uh, bagger that I have. Um, so much so that, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, the X mark bags will have a, a ripped handle on the back from, uh, people trying to shake the clippings out of them because they're packed so tightly that, uh, you know, it, you end up ripping the handle off the back, uh, from, you know, trying to violently shake the clippings. Uh, so, so much so that it was like in that scenario that I remembered that and was like, okay, I think this is going to be my first X mark more, but I don't. I don't rip the handle off the bag. Uh, so I was gripping uh, the bag differently uh, using kind of like the frame and, you know, holding on to the actual bag itself instead of the handle uh, to shake out the clippings because they were on there packed so tight and so full. Um, so it did, you know, in terms of that, it did a great job bagging the clippings and stuff. Um, 
And yeah, so there'll be a lot more tests to go. Like I said, uh, keep an eye out uh, on the YouTube channel if you guys are interested in uh, the Echo Commercial 21 V-Series battery more. I will be doing that uh, throughout uh, the rest of the season uh, using that one uh, to, um, you know, just put it through its paces and see uh, what it's all about in the different kind of conditions uh, throughout uh, the rest of the season. So uh, that'll be, uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'll tell you that much. Uh, kind of interesting, uh, the whole uh, battery part of it. For me, it was one of those things. I know eventually that, you know, in a lot of cities um, around North America, uh, that you know, gas equipment, you're already starting to hear grumblings of it being banned in certain areas and certain things. And, um, in certain cities, even if it's not like a full ban, it might be a partial ban during parts of the season and things like that. So I just figured that, you know what, this is the technology. This is the future of this industry is battery powered stuff. And that I might as well, um, you know, take hold of it and uh, kind of be proactive uh, in my approach to it, kind of work out the bugs and the kinks now and figuring out what's more efficient instead of waiting until you're forced to do it. And then, you know, kind of scrambling uh, to kind of figure it out. So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to kind of, uh, you know, embrace it and go. And like I said, for me, it has completely grown on me, especially with handheld equipment, um, that, uh, you know, I absolutely love the battery stuff. Um, last year, you know, in total, I think I used a gallon of mixed fuel the entire season. Um, and that was just for those days where the Milwaukee couldn't do the rain. Um, so, uh, looking forward to testing more and more commercial grade stuff that is, you know, more suitably rated for a commercial landscaper. Uh, I've got some other things uh, that I'm working on to uh, kind of help uh, move that forward uh, and go uh, to sort of all battery for at least uh, the small uh, handheld stuff um, and all commercial for the small handheld stuff. And, um, you know, and uh, even with the small mowers and stuff as well, of course, uh, with this uh, Xmark Commercial 21 V series. So uh, stay tuned uh, for those developments and seeing uh, what uh, what else happens in the space and with the testing. Uh, but yeah, I just want to be able to, you know, firmly get a grip on it and be able to, you know, give you guys my experiences when you guys are looking for stuff to see what kind of suits your needs, depending on the size of the properties you're doing and that sort of stuff. If you're in areas where you're being forced to transition to battery power, um, you know, to kind of uh, give you guys some real world examples of it being used, um, you know, in my neck of the woods. And maybe that is uh, something that's similar uh, to the areas that you guys service. So uh, yeah, first week I would say uh, was pretty successful. Uh, with the uh, commercial 21 inch V series, uh, 60 volt uh, battery powered mower. Uh, looking forward uh, to uh, this week uh, to continue that uh, testing and seeing how that goes. Um, I was able to uh, get a third uh, battery for myself. Uh, so I've got a third battery and a second charger as well uh, for the X Mark. So uh, I'll be running three batteries now. 
and seeing uh, how that sort of changes and if my um, you know thoughts on uh, those uh, heavier Wednesdays and stuff uh, work um, a bit more seamless uh, with using three batteries and two and two chargers just to make charging quicker as well because uh, the Xmark chargers only can do one battery at a time. Uh, so being able to uh, you know throw two batteries, uh, which I think will work good um, in that scenario as well because again once I'm done that first battery in the day, um, I'm always back and forth at home so I can always throw one of them in the charger early uh, and then you know still have the other two batteries that uh, by the time I get home at the end of the day with my mowing that first battery would be you know finished charging take that one off and then I've got two chargers to put the other two batteries on and get those done and not have to worry about you know in the middle of the night or you know after dinner to remember to come and switch batteries to get ready for the next day you want to make it as seamless as possible and stuff so um yeah, I thought, uh, you know, that would be a good system uh, to try out. So a lot of different, uh, you know, possibilities, a lot of different uh, use case scenarios to be uh, trying out. So uh, that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now. <laughs>